Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, a little tired but good. Okay, your headset, your microphone just started to sound a little bit strange there. Um, yeah, Robert. Yeah, I'm being... on a, I'm on a backup mic, so. Yeah, so if Robert sounds a little bit strange, he's uh, in between microphones, so uh, apologies for that. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna. If you notice, then I'm gonna start instead of saying it is Entertainment Talks podcast. I think it might be easier. And great, I've been saying that for like almost three years on different podcasts. I might start saying it's Entertainment Talks. It just, I don't know. It might be easier to say in the future. But anyway. Outside of all that, uh, what have you been playing in the last week? Uh, I've been uh, continuing my uh, deep dive into all things uh, Game Pass. Uh, I downloaded uh, Metro Exodus uh, a couple days ago. Started a little bit into that. I definitely like the potential that that uh, game has. I haven't mm-hmm. gotten that far deep into it. so Yeah, I really like that Got to get more playtime into it. Mm-hmm. Um but other than that, I just really haven't had the time cool. to game at all, just because of you know other life things. So yeah, I've been kind of in the in the same boat. Um, I found a whole bunch of SEO stuff, which, if you didn't know, is search uh, engine optimizer, which is very very important when you're running a a, a website, which is what we're doing here. Uh, so I've been doing a whole bunch of that stuff today. Basically, spent most of the day today doing that, and then I've been watching uh, Hannah on Amazon, which is a very very good show. Um, yeah, you said about Metro Exodus. Uh, I did a review whenever that came out uh, on the website. You can go and listen to that. So that's my uh, spoiler-free and spoiler thoughts. At least I think that's what I put out. I'll, I'll, I make it clear in whatever podcast, so don't worry about spoilers. Um, cool. So uh, how much have you played of it so far, roughly? I'm not quite through the intro yet. I've gotten like really, really close to where I can tell the intro is about to be done. Okay. Uh, but I'm just not quite there yet. So Cool. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It's got some... Definitely some tough bits and pieces, but I felt sort of quite re- rewarded when I got through those bits. So, um, which is mainly facing big monsters when you're very, very low on ammo, is uh, quite tough. So, because um, it does kind of get to that point of like, okay, what am I supposed to do? I've got like two assault rifle bullets left, and that's it. Maybe a grenade, and there's like two big beasts after me. So, uh, yeah, good luck, <laughs> I suppose. Uh, cool. So I've been playing. Um, 911 operator, uh, which is on Nintendo Switch, is also in, on Steam. Uh, I talked to David on Geek Town about this uh, earlier this week, or on the uh, podcast for yesterday, the Geek Town Radio this week. Um, David played it about a year ago on Steam, and he did at that time uh, talk to Bex, uh, which is his other Geek Town co-host. She's also got a YouTube channel, uh, Trista Bites, on uh, YouTube, so you can check that out. Uh, so yeah, connecting all those dots. Uh, he he spoke about that to Bex a year ago, and he, he played it on. Uh, Steam, um, but I brought the game just over a week ago, roughly, on Switch. It was like a pound fifty, two pound at the most. It was very, very cheap, and uh, I just remembered that David had um, spoken about it before, so uh, I went and jumped in. Uh, very, very good game. It's got some interesting little mechanics as to where uh, you basically have this map, and you'll have your, you know, your police unit, your fire, um, your fire department thing, and your and your ambulance. And uh, they're on the map and they're all indicated by a blue, blue is police, white is ambulance, and red is uh, fire department. And um, basically when different things come up on the map, so like a building's on fire, or there's been a robbery at a place, or someone's injured for some for whatever reason. And there can be lots of different reasons, it isn't always a building on fire, it can sometimes be something to do with fire but a different situation. Uh, same with the police, you can have anything from like a homeless squatter to like a gang war. Which is obviously very, very different control-wise. Um, well, not control-wise, but in terms of you controlling the situation. Um, and usually with a gang war, you'll probably need to send like two police units, two ambulance units, um, because like people will get shot and stuff like that. Uh, you also have to make sure that you send your team out with equipment. You can't just send basically a bunch of people with nothing uh, in their vans and various different police cars and stuff. Um, you have to make sure that you've got like pistols or assault rifles equipped uh, with your police people, policemen, um, policewoman, uh, and then you'll have to equip them with like bulletproof vests and stuff, which is somewhat effective. And then uh, you'll unlock more stuff as you get uh, later into the game. You can unlock as far as like you can have like a police horse sort of thing, and you can have like a helicopter 
police helicopter which I haven't unlocked yet because it costs a lot of money um, you'll also have to like if someone gets injured from either putting out a fire or they get shot or whatever happens you'll have to basically replace those people because they'll be injured and they won't be able to work um, and then it gives you like a certain amount of this person's injured for one day or as far as like nine days or something um, and one day is basically like one shift uh, for the player so have you ever heard of this game? I have not. It definitely sounds interesting, but it's mm-hmm. not anything that's popped up on my radar. Cool. I don't know if it's on PlayStation and uh, Xbox. I, I I couldn't tell you. So it it only popped up the other day on uh, on Switch. And I'm not talking about a new release. I went into like, oh, what what offers are there on the uh, Switch store? And it was it happened to be in there. So it could have been in there for like six months at this point. I don't know. So uh, and then you'll have like separate things where you'll get actual nine one one calls, which is where you press. Well, L1 or LB or whatever or the left button and uh, it will like pause the game so you can deal with the call and then obviously you won't be speaking to a particular person it will have recorded dialogue and then you'll have like dialogue options like who's with you are you injured what's your address all that sort of stuff and then you have to send the appropriate units and some of those obviously some of those 911 calls you'll have to judge for yourself how much of an emergency it is given how many like units you've got spare and that sort of stuff so um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It does get a bit like fast paced and certain things like things just pop up all over the map and you have to sort of deal with them. And then you'll get these blue moving things, which is when someone's speeding or they've stolen the car and they're driving away really fast and you'll have to send somebody after them. And if they get off the map, you'll have lost them or whatever. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's something you can jump into, I think one of the a, a like day shift took me from anywhere between like five and ten minutes uh again depending on how quickly you deal with things and all that sort of stuff but uh yeah it's interesting so far um i'm gonna be playing some um i'm waiting to be sent marvel ultimate alliance uh i'm in sort of the queue uh for that on my rentals thing um and i also made a mistake i went to uh add toy story 3 to my um rentals list you know a bit of uh, nostalgia with toy story 4 coming out recently and all that um what what, what mistake do you think i made <laughs> uh you got toy story 2 no i added toy story 3 but somehow i added the psp version <laughs> to my list uh which i don't have a psp anymore so i can't play it um because they got the the 360 the psp ps3 i don't think it's on it might be on the wii or something like that but i know it's on psp 360 and PS3, uh, and then I went into my, I was like, oh, they actually sent me Toy Story 3, because sometimes with their PS3 stock, they're a lot lower on that, and then I go into my current renting thing, which is where it tells you what games and what platform you've got on, uh, and it said PSP, so (laughs) I'll have to send that back. Um, Yeah, so I won't be playing that anytime soon, Um, but yeah, I'm waiting for some other games, and I'm playing some uh, other stuff as well. I want to jump in and play the demo for um, Let's Go Pikachu. Uh, for the Switch, just to see what that's like. So, um, cool. I think that's all the games we've been playing and stuff at the moment. So we're a little bit light on some of those things, but uh, we're playing some other stuff as well. Um, let's move into some housekeeping. We'll see you in a minute. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the, in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk. And to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, HBO did another season of Big Little Lies. This was for season 2, it finished this week, and I did a review for the season. And again, it's spoiler-free and spoiler-split, so you can listen to that. Um, Avengers Endgame got the number one box office spot now, uh, the the worldwide box office spot thing. Uh, So I discussed that, and the box office in general, and I did include the inflation list that has like 
Gone with the Wind at number one, they're like 3.3 billion. So I discussed uh, some box office stuff. Uh, what else have we got? We did a whole bunch of uh, watching and discussing trailers. Uh, I did the Supergirl Season 5 trailer. Me and you did uh, discussing Marvel's Phase 4 announcements. Of course, Comic-Con was last weekend. Yeah, the weekend just gone. And uh, Marvel was there, of course, talking about Phase 4. So me and Robert discussed that. Uh, we also watched um, the Arrow final season trailer. So we did the same thing with that. We watched and discussed uh, the trailer. Uh, we did the same thing with the Flash season 6. And recently did the same thing with uh, The Witcher, the first season trailer, which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, and that, of course, was the launch episode for watching The Witcher. I'm going to be doing an individual podcast for The Witcher on Netflix. Look out for it whenever Netflix tells us it's coming out. So, because we don't know the release date yet. So, uh, But it is on iTunes now, and I think it should be on Spotify at this point. Uh, I submitted it earlier today on Spotify. But if you go into the uh, podcast drop-down menu... Click on iTunes feeds, uh, it will be in that list as well as the Android link and all the other links for all of the other podcast iTunes feeds that we've got. So check out that. Uh, last week we also uh, did a part two for for the Spider-Man Far From Home review. That's where Robert joined me to discuss the film for the second time. So part one was me on my own and part two was uh, Robert joining me. Um, and then we did... Last week we did a catch-up podcast for iZombie for Season 5, Episode 10. Uh, it's in its final season. Got a few episodes left. We'll be back next week uh, to talk about Episode 12. The following, the following week for Episode 13, which will be the series finale. And the week after that we'll come back and do a series wrap-up. Last week on Gaming Talk we talked about Nintendo Switch. They're doing basically two new models. One's going to be the Switch Lite, which is a smaller, cheaper Switch. And another one which is the same design. But uh, it's going to have an extended battery life. We also talked about some Division stuff. One of the developers on the game is interested in doing a more single player narrative uh, focused type game. So we discussed that. And that's roughly what's been going on on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. So go and check all that out on entertainmenttalk.org. Let's get into some news. So instead of asking you what you got first, which is what we normally do, I did reference the Witcher trailer a minute ago and I'd like to talk about that up front. So of course I did a whole launch podcast for watching the Witcher, which is where I um, watched the season one trailer that was released, was it like Friday or Saturday or something at Comic-Con? And, about uh, that, yeah. yeah. So I watched the trailer for the first time, discussed it, I actually watched it twice, So, uh, and then that was the launch episode for watching the Witcher. Um, what did you think of the season one trailer that we saw? It definitely looks interesting. It's got, it's you know, piqued my interest in actually watching the show. As you know, regular listeners to the podcast know, I keep trying to play the game every now and then. It just mm-hmm. the mechanics of it just never really click with my uh, play style. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely at least going to see the first episode to see how that plays out, and then whether or not I like that first episode will determine if I go through the rest of the season or not. Cool. All right. So um, yeah, just wanted to get Robert's thoughts because obviously there's the whole podcast where. I discussed my thoughts, but you guys know I've been anticipating it for a while. I've talked about it a lot, and uh, the trailer finally came out, so I was very excited to watch that. Um, let's go back to you and your list, because we, we usually talk about your stuff first, because I usually say, what have you got to talk about this week? Uh, so what have you got to talk about this week? Well, first up, we have a, a rather interesting uh, patent coming out of Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apple has filed a patent application for a mixed reality system including a head-mounted display and a controller that will combine augmented uh, virtual reality, uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. The headset would, quote, provide a 3D virtual view of a user's environment augmented with virtual content. According to the application patent, um, this tech was first revealed uh, back in April last uh, The project codenamed T288 is slightly running both AR and VR uh, so with an 8K display for each eye. Uh, the original application patent was filed back in July of uh, July 18th, uh, 2019, which obviously was earlier this year. Uh, according to the filing, the headset would come with left and right displays, uh, sensors to, le- to collect light information such as color, intensity, and direction. 
Uh, a head pose sensor to track the user's orientation and motion. World mapping sensors to track movement and location. Eye tracking sensors. Lower jaw sensors to track expression. Hand sensors to track position, movement, and gestures. Eyebrow sensors to track facial expression. An internal measurement unit to augment the sensory information, as well as left and right cameras. <sighs> <sighs> The controller will also have more one or more processors according to the uh, application patent. Uh, the controller is configured to render an avatar of the user's face for display in the 3D virtual uh, view based on at least part of information collected by one or more of the eye tracking sensors, one or more of the eyebrow sensors, and one or more of the lower jaw sensors. So shit's getting weird. Mm-hmm. It is. If it wasn't already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I would be interested to see how they would combine AR and VR, basically, because um, they are sort of different things, but I guess you could do that in... Because you could have, like, okay, you're in the VR world, I suppose, and there's just AR things in there, so I, it would kind of be, like, the same view as looking at something in AR, you would just be doing that in a VR view, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you if you play... Um, actually, it's a pretty good example. If you play the uh, Rick and Morty uh, virtual reality thing, you'll start in the uh, living room, and you'll have to put in the um, disc things. Like you, you as the actual player will put in the disc thing to um, start playing the actual game because you start in there, and then it's got this like DVD player thing. Um, so it essentially kind of be that, I suppose. Like if you're in, I'm just imagining like in a VR game, you're in a living room, like you're look, you're, you're looking into that world, I suppose. Um, and then maybe you'd have some AR stuff in that living room or in whatever room you're in, and then you'd interact with that. Because um, essentially VR is, in a way, the more simpler thing to do because um, you basically just have, like, you, you make a game and you just have to configure it to where um, you play that, but you have, like, it's a lot closer to you and you can manually sort of look around instead of um using the analog stick basically so you do that and then you just put ar in there um i mean it's not as simple as i'm trying to make it sound probably but uh that's just the the idea that i'm getting from the concept so what do you think of this? yeah this is something that i actually not the apple thing but something that i saw advertised as a future feature like long long time ago uh with cell phones it was a commercial for some phone I forget which model. It wasn't Apple. It was some you know Google-based phone. Okay. And uh, there was this couple, and they were traveling abroad, and they were in a country where they didn't know the language, and so they just held their phone up, and the camera was active, and they were just hovering it over all the signs, and it was giving them instant translation. Oh. And then, then if it hit on a, a restaurant, it would give a review for the restaurant. And I remember thinking, that is cool as hell if they ever get that to work right. And this, I can kind of see that's where they're sort of maybe-ish going with it. I mean, I'm sure all the sensors are just there to be there. I don't know how much they would be used. I mean, obviously, we're not going to know anything until an actual product comes out that right. we can see some kind of testing with. Uh, but past that, it, again, it comes down to two things, functionality mm-hmm. and price. And I got to figure this ain't going to be cheap. I mean, right. it's Apple, so nothing's cheap by default. <laughs> But yeah. this I could easily see is like a two, three thousand dollar widget. Yeah, and no uh, bright white lights. Stop it. Stop doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've spoken about that as an issue in, in VR before. So, um, yeah, it's I, I didn't know about the whole because uh, I don't like travel to other countries. It's been a very long time since I've actually done that. But um, yeah, the idea of holding your phone up to like I guess if you're like ordering food or something, then like okay, this is what sort of chicken is this or noodles or whatever and you can translate it that way to make it easier for yourself to read that like makes sense and everything so um yeah it it will be interesting to see how this sort of thing could be done in terms of ar itself i have very very minimal experience in fact the only thing i've ever seen from ar i think um is that minecraft thing at the microsoft stage like two years ago was that three years ago maybe it might be in e3 2016 or something um which did that ever come out I don't think it did. It hasn't come out yet because that's based off of HoloLens, and HoloLens hasn't come out either. So huh. maybe that will come out with the uh, Scarlet. Uh, it's a possibility. Um, yeah. If you ever, if you download the uh, Pokemon Go or the the Harry Potter Wizarding oh, yeah, World stuff. app, that as well. 
It, it has a very minimal kind of AR to where it uses the camera, mm-hmm. sees your environment, and then puts a puts Pokemon or whatever yeah. yeah, on that. Yeah. So. And makes you point cameras at people's windows and then they wonder what's going on. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never actually seen someone in front of me play Pokemon Go. I mean, I could have like sit on, been sitting on the bus and somebody's like doing stuff on their phone and I've not seen that. So they might have done it, but I've never seen like on someone's screen them playing uh, Pokemon Go. So, uh, yeah, um, we'll see what comes of this with Apple. And like you said, you, you pointed out the right thing in terms of price because, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're they're never really cheap over there. So, um, cool. And plus, they have, aren't they? They're doing a Apple TV Plus. Is it called? Yeah, yeah. Apple Plus, their streaming service, and, and then all their other stuff that they do. Yep. So, cool. All right. What else do you want to talk about? Well, in a bit of a bummer, uh, the Hand of Fate developer, Defiant De- Development, is closing down its studios. Uh, Hand of Fate developer is winding down. The Australian uh, studio announced today, and what I mean today is when the article was written yesterday. So, so uh, 23rd of July? 23rd. Okay, yep. Uh, the announced that will no longer develop games. The company is now in caretaker caretaker mode to uh, support its existing games instead of developing new ones. Um, they said that when we started the studio, we did so with a clear goal in mind, to hire great people, create great games, and to do that in the best manner for respect to our team and our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Defiant model has always focused on, on creating games nobody else would. Uh, we go into dark places searching for hidden treasure, uh, we set out without knowing where the journey will take us, and we know we do that knowing that it's unsafe to not always do so. So uh, they knew their model was risky. I have played both the uh, Hands of Fate games; they were pretty good. Um, they just didn't have that longevity that you would want and hope for from that kind of a game studio. I was going to say um, it was even a lot. It might have been 2017 or 2018, but I remember you wrote something for the website about Hands of Fate. Yeah, that was a. A review series that I was trying to get off the ground called Late to the Game. Oh, yeah, it's where it you start yeah. playing a game like really, really late into its uh, cycle to where mm-hmm. you know it's already been out for quite a long time. So if you were to start like Overwatch today or something like that. Yeah, like starting Overwatch today or um, you know something is on a Games with Gold, but it, you know the game came out like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, late to the late to the game, Hand of Fate, uh, October twenty fourth, twenty sixteen. Um, that came out, which you can still go and read. So, if you want to do that, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a shame that they've uh, had to cease development and stuff. And um, hopefully, some of the staff from from those uh, fr- from there will be able to go on and get uh, other jobs and things. Um, I couldn't tell you what some of those people have worked on before. It's not a studio that I like followed particularly, uh, although they might have been involved in a game that I'm like not aware of or or something like that. But um, yeah, as far as things like that go, some studios do end up closing down. I mean, heck, this year we lost Telltale Games. So, um, unless you're like one of the big developers or whatever, or, or if you're, I guess, Microsoft or something, um, you're probably just in a in a better position. But um, yeah, I mean, you've got um, also you got THQ that's buying properties. Maybe they can hire some people, and you've got Microsoft who wants to uh, acquire companies at the moment and there's rumors that Sony wants to do so at the moment so uh, maybe some of those these developers from this team will uh, be able to go on and, and do some of that stuff so um, yeah what do you what do you think of this situation uh, it's a bummer but yeah. reading the article the way at least I'm getting it uh, from there is they knew that their the you know their business setup and their model wasn't exactly going to be uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, the most likely to be profitable, so they knew it was going to happen. They knew it was a possibility of happen, and they're apparently okay with it, at least from what I can read in the uh, the article itself. So, mm-hmm. wasn't there something about six months ago or so that like Rocksteady was looking for developers, or it might have been like uh, Naughty Dog for The Last of Us and stuff? Yeah, um, I think it was actually both of those, probably. So, I'm sure they have. Yeah, it was weird when you heard about The Last of Us one because that was like three months ago roughly and everyone was like oh so this game's like not that close to being made it's kind of still hard to tell when last of us 2 is going to come out there's been a whole bunch of rumors about february but you'll just have to wait for sony to tell you so um but yeah there's people out there who are looking for um developers and stuff so hopefully they find their feet 
So, uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, if you're a fan of Red Dead Redemption 2, more specifically mm-hmm. the great music with, that's within that game, uh, that uh, score will be released on digital music uh, platforms here coming up soon. Uh, the 22-song album will be released digitally on uh, iTunes August 9th, so that's a little more, a little less than a month away. If you pre-order the album now on iTunes, you'll get three songs right away. Uh, Outlaws from the West, okay. Fleeting Joy, and Country Pursuits. Uh, like I said, it is a full 22-album song uh, created by composer Woody Jackson. So you, I don't know what the uh, price is. I haven't had a chance to look that up. Um, but you know, 22 songs, even if it's like you know, 15 bucks US, you're still getting your money's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says here that it will come out on uh, Spotify and Pandora at some time, but there's no uh, uh, notes from that. Yeah. Um, uh, notable inclusions as part of the collaboration is uh, Arca, who I don't know, okay. I don't recognize that name, but they said they're a Kanye West collaborator. Yeah, uh, Colin Stetson, David Ferguson, who was an engineer for Johnny Cash, uh, a couple others. Uh, obviously, you know, it being a Western song, you're going to get a lot of a Western theme to everything. But hey, sometimes that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of the most notable songs from the game is uh, St- I think it's Stand on Unshaken or something, um, which is like basically the game's theme tune, and it will be played several times towards. Uh, the end of the game and stuff in certain important scenes, which of course there's no reason for me to spoil, so I won't do that. Um, yeah, the game's got a lot of really kind of cool music and stuff, and um, you know, there's certain bits where you know you'll have to you'll have to ride on your horse across, basically across most of the game uh, in certain plot points, and you'll get certain uh, really cool songs from that. Uh, which yeah, music helps you know certain things in games to be impactful, and Red Dead Redemption 2's definitely no uh, exception to that. So, um, yeah, it's not something that I will necessarily look into getting. Uh, usually if I want to play a particular piece of music, I'll either get it on Spotify or on, like, YouTube or something. Um, like, if I'm, pl- if I'm like, doing entertainment talk stuff and I want to listen to, uh, like, YouTube songs or whatever, I'll just have it in a, a, uh, tab in the background or whatever and then just leave it to play because I don't need to watch the music video or whatever. I can just still play the, uh the music but yeah mostly i listen to uh, music on spotify and stuff and there's certain songs uh that i do have just stored on my phone like just as like saved data on my phone or whatever um which i sometimes go over there and then you know other times i just listen to the hours and hours of podcasts that people put out so um yeah how about you do you like uh this sort of stuff yeah i mean the, one of my favorite uh, video game soundtracks is from Homeworld. It has some really, really great orchestral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just looking into the titles now. Uh, a lot of it is obviously going to be... Well, not a lot of it, but some of it is going to be background music because there's a uh, um, track called An American Pastoral Scene, and there's another track called Miss Sadie Adler Widow, oh, okay. which is, yeah. if you've played the online version, that starts the story-ish mode. Uh, for the online uh, missions that you can take. Mm. Yeah, because they added that character in some sort of online thing. I don't know what that is because I haven't uh, jumped into that yet. But I did see Rockstar post on uh, Facebook and Twitter that they were adding her to the online thing in some way. But that's about as, yeah, as what, much as I know. What it so. is is after you create your online character, yeah. you, it's basically you're getting ready to go to prison. So they're getting your height and weight and a picture of you and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you spend some time in prison... And then uh, Sadie Adler finances your breakout because somebody killed her husband and she wants you to track down who it is. But it's all the online game, so it's your character you create. And then you have to partner up with uh, two or more people to do online missions like you would do online missions for uh, GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Um but yeah, in terms of for for me, in terms of soundtracks and like iconic things, you don't get much better than uh, "You've Got a Friend in Me" from Toy Story. That song gets me every yep. time I play it. So, uh, which I played it a few times recently. So, um, yeah, I mean that's just yeah nostalgic to me and fits with the theme of Toy Story and all that sort of stuff. So, it's very very good. Uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last story I have is actually a piggyback to a story that I know you have. So I'm going to go ahead and let you go first, and then I'll jump in when we get to which, it. Which one is that? 
the GTA story. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's a new uh, online casino which apparently has been developed uh, for for quite some time. Some people have been waiting for it, and apparently in the online, like the actual online world um, thing, there's been this building that has said like under construction or something uh, for a long time. And uh, basically, they launched it recently, and uh, some people were saying about you know chart cards and the whole idea of okay, this is pretty much gambling in a way. Um, see the the, the difference here and I'm not giving them this isn't me giving them excuse this is just like some this is just me sort of lightly explaining things if you're if you were to gamble this is just a completely random example let's say you go in with your online character and you put um, five dollars on something in the casino and you get 10 or 20 back just for a random example you don't get that your your character does whereas if you go to you know if, if i went down i don't know if i could do it tomorrow it might be too early or whatever but like the man united chelsea game the opening game for the premier league season on the 11th of august i could go down there and um you know put a pound or whatever um on man united to win and if they don't win uh even if they draw whatever they have to win uh, and if they do unless i get 10 pounds back um i get that money um, this isn't to say, like, you know, any sort of excuses to, this isn't proper gambling, because it kind of basically is, you have a casino now in an online video game, basically, and even though, like I said, you won't get any of that money, you'll have to spend it on the in-game stuff, uh, whatever you're going to buy in the game. Um, I I'm surprised more people haven't pointed this out as something, like, kind of controversial, Con considering the day and age that we're at with, like, microtransactions and gambling and... All that sort of stuff. I mean, if you look at Jim Sterling's YouTube channel, you'll get a good idea of uh, the situation. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised more people kind of haven't picked up on this. And surprisingly, I haven't seen Jim do... A, I might have missed it. Like, YouTube sometimes weird with notifications and stuff. But I haven't seen him do a video on this yet. So, um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, a couple of YouTubers that I follow have done it. Um, okay. One had a really, really negative opinion on this update because he does call it basically gambling because there's actually a uh, um, there's a casino chip, so you're not playing with your in-game uh, GTA money. You actually have to convert that money into chips to do any of the gambling, right. and then you can use you can buy real dollar amount chips not actually you know buy gta dollars and then convert that into chips you straight up buy gta chips and so he didn't have the highest opinion on that um obviously this goes more into the you know the loot boxes or gambling kind of a thing but then it, in a weird sort of way it doesn't technically apply because there's no loot boxes you just buy the in-game cash mm -hmm. and unlike most loot boxes it's really really easy to earn in-game cash yeah because you do like easier missions and, and well like easier so, missions or you can yeah. just do like free races there's like yeah. i've talked a yeah. couple times about the online stunt races and how fun they are and just wait for a day wait for a weekend when it's like double xp double cash and just run them like mad mm -hmm. yeah i'm just really surprised that like in the in the day and age of microtransactions, loot boxes, and all the government stuff that's come out about this th these things recently, that there hasn't been more traction or talk about it. At least not from what I've seen. And um, you know, if if something's controversial on the internet, it will spread pretty fast. So um, yeah, I'm just surprised I haven't seen more people talking about it. But um, yeah, because cause you can buy, can't you buy like shark cards or something and use that as in-game money or something? Yeah, basically, it's like. 10 million in-game GTA cash, and then yeah. you get like a bonus million, and it's something like 50 bucks. Um, I've never done that, but it's on sale every now and then. They'll do the, like a gangster starter pack to where you get like all the bases that you can buy and get an extra 10 million, and that's like 80 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and some of the bases you have to buy in order to open up missions to run. Um, so there is, on some level, kind of a requirement, but not completely, because it's only a requirement to do those missions. So if you don't want to do those missions, uh, then you're not required to buy it. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's the GTA Online stuff. Uh, what did you have that was connecting to this? Uh, well, if you are a Twitch Prime member and you have already linked your uh, Rockstar Social Club to your Twitch account... 
And when I say already, already the requirement was to have it done by Friday, July 19th, uh, you can claim an in-game Twitch reward to get um, uh, $250,000 uh, and have the price of the Master Penthouse Suite set to free. Um, mm -hmm. If you if you haven't done that, then you can uh, purchase it and then receive a rebate for the base price, which will get refunded to you after 48 hours. Um, otherwise, as long as your account is linked by Sunday, July 28th and in good standing, uh, you will see the price listed to free after that initial purchase um, and the refund. Um, this is in addition to the standard Twitch Prime rewards of 1.25 million GTA cash and a 15% discount on the online shark cards. Um, I did already have my link, my accounts linked, and I did claim, quote-unquote, the reward, but I haven't had a chance to fire up uh, GTA Online and try to buy it yet, so I was going to do that after we got done recording. Cool. Okay. So you have to do the connecting the account by that point and not the... Yeah, and that's thing. something that's common with all the Twitch rewards. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, it just links your gamer tag or your PSN account um, to the... Um, developers uh, social account so that's like with the GTA for Rockstar or uh, Ubisoft because they'll do Division 2 bonuses every now and then Yeah, and there's like World of Warships and other online free games and other online pay games to where they will have this bonus or that bonus or that reward um, and you just gotta go into Twitch to claim it uh, now to see which rewards are available on Twitch you actually have to load up uh, Twitch.tv on a web browser. You can't do it through an app, either on like a mobile device or the View app that is on PCs. Okay. You actually have to go through the website, and in the top uh, bar, there'll be a little crown, and you just click on the crown, and that'll show all the open offers. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, go and get your... I suppose you've lost the chance if you haven't done that, but um, yeah, if you manage to do that, then that's that, so... Um, I might have to jump back into GTA Online at some point, although I'll say that now and I'll not have done it in the next few months or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's probably a whole bunch of stuff they've added even since, um, yeah, even since I last played, which was probably at least a year ago or so, so. Yeah, I'm going to jump in after we get done recording just so I can at least have played, well, played, have experienced, uh, the casino just for the initial thing to make sure that I can buy the... Uh, penthouse for free and to see what's what and then I'll be able to talk a little bit more about it next week. Cool. Alright. There we go. Uh, you, did you say that was your last thing you talk about? Yeah, that was my last thing. Cool. So we've got some other stuff here as well. Um, speaking of purchasing things I suppose, uh, Disney who have recently recently been doing some Monopoly type things with uh, Fox obviously, the acquisition of them. Was it like 73 billion or something? It was something like that. The numbers just are kind of irrelevant at this point because it's not like they're backing up a rings truck with piles of cash. Most of that mm. money is actually in stock exchanges. Yeah. Um, so the never the money never actually technically exists. It's kind of like when uh, Facebook bought Instagram for two billion dollars. Mm -hmm. uh, it was only actually four hundred million dollars in cash that was exchanged. The other one point six billion was in Facebook stock. So Facebook basically printed money. Uh, to give to Instagram to buy their company, and I'm sure it's the same way with uh, with Disney Corp. They're them having so many properties now and having so much money, they can just issue enough stock to cover that 73 billion or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Plus, they make like a billion with each film they release. So, <laughs> well, yeah. it brings in a billion. Right. It still costs a lot of money to make those films. So, yep. Uh, cool. So they could be apparently purchasing Activision Blizzard, which I was looking this up earlier because I wasn't. Uh, I like heard of Activision Blizzard before, but never really looked into it. It's apparently when uh, they like merged the companies or something like that. Mm -hmm. That was about what I could find out. So um, they could be purchasing Activision Blizzard, which would, uh, at least from what I can understand, because that would be part of Activision. Um, they would then potentially own Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Overwatch, Call of Duty, and more. There was basically an investor from Disney who said that uh, they potentially wanted to get into gaming in some sort of way because obviously they've got you know they've got plenty of films coming out. They've got uh, Disney Plus coming out, which is going to cover their TV side of things. They also now own um, Hulu, FX, and Fox. Um, at least I think they own the channel Fox, don't they? I know that they own Hulu and. Uh, FX now um, 
so yeah, they've got those things obviously. So that's all the TV stuff. So um, they technically do they technically own like Handmaid's Tell, I guess, if they own Hulu. I guess that's, they still do. Who knows? That all gets into the contracts mm. with the intellectual property, and right. that could be a whole mess to where you know the it you know they might have had like a there's a term with uh, some clauses called a poison pill, and it's not poison in the literal sense. It just means that. <laughs> If one thing triggers something, then something else is automatically ejected. So in this case, uh, if they slipped a poison pill in the IP rights with Handmaid's Tale to where if Hulu is ever purchased by somebody else, then the intellectual property rights to Handmaid's Tale would transfer back to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it, it, in, it's poison in the sense that it kills that IP off of that platform. Right. Yeah, because whenever I play, because I do watch the... Hermes Tell did a podcast on it recently, kind of a podcast. It wasn't a review of the episodes, it was just discussing the show. Um, yeah, and whenever you, whenever I play the episodes, it says, an M, I think it's MGM uh, and a Hulu mm. production, so make it that way you will. But anyway, in terms of Disney, uh, this could potentially mean that they would own Crash Bandicoot, Sparrow, Overwatch, and Call of Duty, and obviously others as well. Yeah, so Disney want to potentially get into the gaming space. Um and I wonder what that would mean in terms of Star Wars as well, because there's the whole EA thing. But uh, I guess that's a bit of a di- obviously that's a different discussion because Activision isn't the same as EA, obviously. Um, yeah, and that even gets into the weirder thing, in, in that technically they would be getting back into gaming because yeah. Lucas Arts did a lot of great uh, point-and-click adventure games with the Star Wars and. Uh, Indiana Jones IP back in the uh, mid to late 80s and early 90s when computer gaming was really starting to take off into its own. Mm -hmm. And that whole company of LucasArts just kind of went away after a while and was absorbed into uh, Disney at some point. Or at least it was absorbed back into uh, Lucas and then purchased by Disney. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Crash Bandicoot's owned by... Activision, so is Spyro, Overwatch is an Activision Blizzard thing, um, and Call of Duty is Activision as well, but they split between developers and stuff, so, I mean, that's the development side of things, that's different to the, uh, the ownership, because you've got people like Treyarch in there that make Call of Duty, but they don't own it, they just develop the games, which is obviously from Activision, so, yeah, what do you think of Disney, I guess, getting back into gaming, potentially? Again, it just really breaks down to the games. I mean, you can get mm-hmm. into and make games all you want, but if the games aren't worth playing, then it's not really going to do anything. Like we talked about a couple, three weeks ago, Amazon has a whole gaming division mm-hmm. since uh, 2014, and they've come out with one game so far, and it was a racing game tied into the Grand Tour. Yeah, yeah. And th- Now, that game didn't suck. It was pretty good as racing games go, but, you know, it's still one game... In three years, when you've got how many hundreds of millions to throw at it? Yeah, to to put into things, yeah. Uh, considering how many, like, Prime Originals there is and stuff, um, I'd, I'd play a Hannah video game. That would be pretty cool. So It'd be... be fun to play, like, a, a Tick, you know, yeah. open world game. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, The Boys is coming out, <clears throat> excuse me, The Boys is coming out on Friday. And, yeah, I've uh, heard good things about that. I need to watch that. Cool. Yeah, it comes out on Amazon on uh, 26th on Friday. But anyway, um, yeah, unless this is just the case of Disney, instead of them saying, okay, we've got Activision Blizzard now, like, they say, they say they make the purchase, um, which I don't care how much you tell me that's worth, I would believe that Disney would have the money to do that, just because of uh, how things are going at Disney at the moment. Um, I could be wrong about that, but that's just the way I see things um, with Disney. Uh, but it could also mean that they just want, like, okay, so when the next Crash Bandicoot games out comes out, when the, when new stuff comes out for Overwatch, or when the next Call of Duty ga- game comes out, maybe it could just be an ownership thing to where they would take some of the the money from that or whatever, uh, instead of them, like, buying Activision Blizzard and then making new IP. This could just be a, like, okay, we want to buy these things and then just have them under our belt, basically. Um, or in in our uh, join us at the um, Disney that sort of thing. So it's it's hard to tell what they want at the moment, and it is a bit more speculation. But um, yeah, we'll see what comes out of this and uh, when they're able to buy somebody next. Because I mean, um, yeah, they must have owned Marvel at least ten years ago because of the MCU and stuff. That's what 
obviously rebooted all that stuff and then you had what LucasArts after that uh, mm-hmm. they, they already owned Pixar I'm pretty sure before that and then of course they brought uh, Fox very recently what was that this year that was earlier this year wasn't it I think uh, it was, was within the last 12 months I don't know yeah. whether it was this calendar year or last calendar year but it was within the last 12 months mm-hmm. I think it went into effect in like January or something but yeah, we'll see what Disney decides to do in the future. Um, but it could just be a simple ownership thing instead of like, hey, we want to make games. It could just be we want to own the games that are already out there. But we'll see what they decide yeah. to do. Um, Remedy Games, who is the uh, development team behind um, Quantum Break, uh, the Max Payne games, and um, what was the other one? Uh, Alan Wake as well. They've uh, made those games. Um, their ga- the new game that they're making called Control, which was announced last year at E3 I want to say I think it was in the Sony presentation the, the uh, 2018 one because they obviously weren't there this year um, Control has gone gold and it's going to be launching they've already announced that it was coming out on August the 30th but today they announced that it has uh, gone gold which means it won't be delayed uh, for any particular reason so it's just over a month or so uh, until the game comes out um, I remember before you saying that you didn't like uh, Quantum Break too much or you didn't get on with it too much um, what's your history with their other games that they've got I haven't played Alan Wake I do own it because I purchased something and it came with a free DLC code for Alan Wake I forget exactly what I bought okay. um, I never got around to playing it though mm-hmm. but my only real issue with Quantum Break is that the, the time mechanics never really worked and just became kind of clunky and then eventually, once you started getting a little bit more powerful, you basically had an instant kill mood to where you could rush somebody a single button and take them down. Hmm. And it just took any and all challenge out of the game, and so I just stopped playing after that. Okay. Um, what about with uh, Max Payne? I remember those games back in the day because that was the first game that I remember that had like a time slow mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they tried to make like a really terrible movie based off of it. I think Donnie Wahlberg was starring in it. Actually, I have no idea. Now, so. I, re- I remember the trailers for the movie and just thinking, "Oh, great, another god awful video game based movie." Uh, that's gonna drive me nuts. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Okay. Um. Yeah, I played the was it the Rockstar one that they made the the most recent one, which was still several years ago. Um, it had like this bullet time thing you could sort of do. I remember playing that and that was quite difficult. Um, never played, I played about 10 minutes of Alan Wake and just, it didn't, I, I don't know. It, I, I was never really clicked into it. Uh, Quantum Break I really enjoyed. We reviewed that in 2016 I think when that came out. Uh, that was actually a written review that I did. Which, um, yeah, that's probably still out there. Um, yep, uh, 2008 was the movie, and it goes to show you it doesn't matter how many stars you throw in a movie, it's still crap, because this is the cast. Okay. Mark Wahlberg played Max Payne. Right. Mila Kunis played his love interest. Bo Bridges, Ludacris, Chris O'Donnell, Donald Logue, Murray Noscala, Kate Burton, Rutherford Gray and Jamie Hector are all in the movie, and it was still god awful. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's some real star power in there. Yeah, yeah. Some... Oh god, this is this is even worse. It was uh, budgeted uh, forty million, um, gross the United States forty point six million, gross worldwide eighty five million. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot. So I mean. So... I mean, even for 2008, that's not a lot. No, that's not a lot at all. So, yeah, but uh, Control is going to be coming out August 30th and has Quantum Break-like stuff in it, but it's a new IP from them, basically. And uh, I- I'm pretty excited for it. So, um, they they talked to the other day, I think to IGN or something, um, or maybe IGN did a solo video on it. They talked about the gun that you can get. Basically, you get one gun in the game, it's this pistol, but it's got like five different modes on it. So instead of you picking up, I guess, an assault rifle or a shotgun or a pistol and swapping between them, you'll have this one gun, but it will have different modes on it. So I didn't actually get a chance to watch the video to see what that was about. But um, yeah, I'm certainly interested. I think that comes out the same day as... Um, what's that uh, Nintendo Switch game that's um i can't think of it astral chain i think that comes out the same day as that on august 30th so i could have that wrong but i think that's when that comes out yeah so that's gonna be coming out august 30th and i'm looking forward to it so 
Uh, I've got two more things to talk about today, which is uh, the Nintendo Switch. It's got uh, an issue with the right stick, the right Joy-Con, I would say, but the analog stick on it, which is that it has a uh, drift sometimes, um, which is where you know your analog stick will look like it's in the middle or whatever, but uh, your character's aim or whatever will start to drift. Um, I do have this problem currently on my Nintendo Switch. It doesn't happen on like all the. It's not a constant thing, but it can sort of cut in and out in some certain games um and they were about to be like investigated apparently for this for some sort of legal thing or whatever uh and nintendo actually kotaku reported uh yesterday that nintendo is intending to fix these for free so i actually need to look into getting that sorted so yeah uh any thoughts on on this well, the uh, lawsuit's not totally unexpected if mm-hmm. you can show a mechanical failure to an, uh, an extensive repeatable factor, then that can trigger like a class action lawsuit to where they'll have to fix it. Um, it's kind of like uh, way back in the day with the uh, red rings on the 360. Mm. <coughs> Sorry. I mean, that was a very demonstrable um, that, you know, this was happening and failing on a very repeated battle, so... Microsoft jumped ahead of it and just, you know, decided to fix everything. And they took a huge hit. They lost, like, something like 3 or $4 billion extending the uh, warranty from one year to three years and then covering repairs and then uh, refunding all the previous pa- repairs that had been uh, um, paid for by uh, customers. So mm-hmm. it's better than getting sued by the government, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of the Joy-Cons for me, and I did do a, a recent episode about the Joy-Cons and their design, um, not just on how cheap they kind of feel, but just on their general design, uh, given the... Because they've got, like, certain ergonomical problems and, and stuff like that, which, uh, <clears throat> again, other people have pointed out in the past. Um, yeah, sometimes when I'm playing certain Switch games, like, things are a little bit more intense. So not something like 911 Operator, where you're basically using the analog stick and a couple of buttons. But when you're playing something like Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild or something like that, I sometimes did... Some, sometimes when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I thought, like, okay, if this battle gets keeps this intense, which it was of, often, like, a boss battle or something, or sometimes it wasn't, um, I would feel as if, like, okay, if I if I press these buttons any harder or like move the sticks any sort of tougher that like something might break which isn't great but um yeah I'll have to see if I can get my uh, Joy-Con fixed for free it still works like I can still use it and play the games it just have the, has the uh the drift problem so um yeah apparently it's happening more regularly and I guess more people have sort of reported it or said about it online so Nintendo wants to try and fix it for free so uh, they've got that, um, and we'll end on a, a good note here, which is uh, CD Projekt Red, of course, the developer of The Witcher 3, which, by the way, I put this on Facebook today. Um, if you're in the, I don't think this counts for the US, because I think it's an EU sale. The Witcher 3, the game of the year, I think it's the game of the year edition, the complete edition with the two DLCs is £10 at the moment in the UK. I've never seen it that cheap. It, even if you're not interested in, like, fantasy or whatever... Go and get that. That's a lot of game for very cheap. Um, so, because I know you've got the game, haven't you? On um, have you got it on Xbox or whatever? Uh, I own. I I rented it for a weekend to try to play it, which was okay. the last time that I tried to play it, and it still didn't click. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I ever. It's gone on sales like that before. I don't know if I ever pulled the trigger and bought it. Um. But I mean, you're, I completely agree with you. Ten, if it was like ten bucks, then it's an absolute uh, steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and good. It, it. Good, go ahead. Oh, especially if you had never played it before, mm-hmm. it's you know you could do a lot worse for games than just uh, oh, yeah. that ten bucks. Oh yeah, you definitely could. Um, I was speaking of sales and stuff. I was looking in uh, CEX, which is a British. Um, well, not just games, they have, like, tech, laptops, all that, whatever, uh, tech sort of stuff. Um, and I was just looking through the PS4 section and whatever, and uh, I spotted Anthem. Uh, how much do you think I spotted Anthem for? Uh, we'll pay you a dollar to play it? No, it, it was £15, pounds, which for a game that came out in February, was it? 
that's uh yeah that's a big slice of that so because i mean the witch has been out since what 2015 14 or something i think it was 2015 uh which has been like four years but yeah anyway if you want to um go and grab the witcher unfortunately that's only for the uk um people uh but if you've got um and that that, that isn't even a um ps plus sale that's a normal just sale thing it says like 70 percent off just go and search for the witcher is the game of the year edition and 10 pounds which to me personally i know you know some people struggle more with money or whatever um to me 10 pounds feels like nothing for that game especially with the extra two dlc pieces um so yeah go and get that if you uh, haven't seen that yet or don't know about it and you want to play the witcher but anyway going back to cd project red of course the developers of the witcher 3 uh, and 2 and 1 um, they have said that uh, Cyberpunk 2077, which is coming out the day before my birthday next year, which is the 16th of April, so obviously my birthday is on the 17th of April, they have said that uh, Cyberpunk 2077, when that releases next year with Keanu Reeves, uh, it will have no pre-order bonuses because they said that uh, everyone should have the same game at launch. Um, Robert, you've taken a particular shine to uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, and you've often said, uh, well, we've both kind of said uh, good things about CD Projekt Red in the past uh, for good reasons. Uh, what do you think of their comments here about pre-order bonuses? I think it's a great comment, and, and it's a great stance because we have talked before, like when uh, Division 2, before that release, there was like nine, there was yeah. like seven or nine different SKUs on what you could buy for that. Yeah, I remember you listing um, them and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and I got lost halfway yeah, through. Like the so. Phoenix version or whatever the hell that was. Mm, yeah. yeah. No, still no idea. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great stance to take. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, in this again, in this day and age of like pre-order stuff and microtransactions and all that sort of thing. Which, by the way, a long time ago, it might have been like last year. Um, somebody asked them like, "Hey, will you have microtransactions and stuff or loot boxes?" And they were just like, "No, we don't do greed. We leave that to others." So it won't have any of that stuff. It won't even have any pre-order bonuses. That doesn't mean it won't have DLC though, because obviously The Witcher had DLC, but that was later down the line, and it was a uh, a different thing. Because what they mean here is, you know, launch day on on the 16th of April, everybody will have the same game, assumably for the same price. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good stance to take in uh, today's, I guess, game politics, if you want to call it that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I want to go back and rewatch that uh, 50 minute demo they put out because I don't remember f- I don't remember all of it and I don't remember finishing watching it and there isn't I think that's the only sort of big chunk of the uh, gameplay that they've shown because they've showed obviously trailers like they showed a new one at uh, E3 this year but um, it was a bit more Keanu Reeves based obviously so yep I think there was after all the uh, um, the press conferences on E3 proper okay they had a uh, um, another demo that was running. I think some bits of it have leaked out, but nothing uh, has substantially hit the videos that I've actually seen. Oh, was so. it like a press thing behind the doors? Thing? Yeah, it was a closed-door press I, thing. I don't understand why companies do that. Because so. they, they did it this year at E3 with the Avengers, and I mean, come on, it's Avengers. Like You want to surely mm-hmm. promote that, especially with Endgame and the box office and all that stuff, so... Sometimes things. Just... I think they're just trying to avoid spoilers, to be honest. Maybe, but sometimes things just don't make sense, and that's uh, <laughs> the world we live in. Sometimes, um, and that's what we've got for you for this for this, uh, for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Thank you very much for listening. Oh, by the way, a, a cool little, very very small announcement uh, today. Um, yeah, as I said earlier, I was going through some SEO stuff on the website today, uh, mainly with the categories, so that they had more keywords and whatnot. If you go to our PlayStation category, uh, you'll see a cool little GIF in there, which I managed to put. Because I was looking for PlayStation logos and that sort of thing, and I managed to find um, a GIF. So, yeah, go and have a look for that. Basically, if you want to find it, you can click on the... It should be under the Video Games tab, and you'll find uh, PlayStation in there. Click on that, and you'll find the, the cool little GIF in there. So, yeah, go and look at some of that stuff. I've renamed a couple of the categories and things like that. Um... So yeah, go and check all that stuff out, of course, on entertainmenttalk.org. Um, cool. If you want to support Entertainment Talk, support the podcast, all that good stuff, we're on Patreon. We also have an Amazon affiliate link, and we have iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Of course, The Witcher is out there, the newest iTunes feeds that we have, the newest iTunes feed that we have, so uh, take a look at that one as well, and it is on Spotify, or it should be on Spotify at this point, so... Um, 
yeah, go and have a look at all those things. Uh, word of mouth, please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. If you see them talking about any TV shows, video games or films, be sure to mention the website or the iTunes feeds. Um, and all that sort of stuff. Of course, there's lots of Comic-Con chatter and Marvel chatter and all that sort of stuff. So share those things with those people. Uh, social media, um, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. Put them in different Facebook groups if you're allowed to. And lastly, video games. You can watch me, Robert, or David play different video games. Me and David stream on Twitch. Robert streams on Mixer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.